0: So your kid has had a developmental leap. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're saying more things. How do you make sure that you can channel this into being the best kid that they can be? We've got a speech pathologist back on the show.
1: Not only that, what happens when your child makes a cough like you've never heard before? Super sick, unable to breathe properly, you shit yourself. What happens next? We find out all about that with Associate Professor Sarah Verdant-Petermont and more. Today on Dad Pod. Thanks for listening. This is Dad Pod uh, with Oshie Ginsberg and Charlie Clausen. It's a Hello. Pod- hey buddy. This is a podcast made by dads for dads who don't want to be shit dads. No one wants to be a shit dad. Well, Sometimes
0: we have I not think great so. days. I, I think I think some do. Um, da- Dar- really? Darth Vader. <laughs> he wanted to be a shit did he, dad. Did he,
1: or did he like? His, his mind was, "I'm a great dad if I raise you to go to the evil every, side of the force." I guess. So. Therefore, I am the best fucking dad.
0: I guess ever. no bad dad sees himself as a bad dad. Do they? They no. all see themselves as good dads.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even, even those ones you see in the Louis Thoreau docos who, you know, in Southern California with all the posters on the walls of those bands that we don't want to go to, you know, <laughs> they, you know, they raise their kids to sing those songs going, look at that. Look at that little fella yeah, there. So. And they're just so proud. They're so proud of their little white power child. And they think they're the best out in the world. You know everybody. You know everybody wants to be a great. Nobody wants to be a bad dad, but we don't on this show. We don't want you to be that kind of dad. (laughs) We don't want you to be a white
0: supremacist dad. I think is what Osher is saying.
1: Generally not. (laughs) So super quick, like Charlie and I, we've been doing this podcast since uh, before our kids were born. There's heaps of other episodes to check out, and um, Iona is four weeks younger than Wolfie, so Wolfie's my little boy. Iona's Charlie's little girl. And we're on this adventure together. If you ever want to get in touch with us, ask dadpod at gmail.com. You can also dadpodgram is where you can find us. And I was speaking with Dr. Justin Colson yesterday, Charlie. One yes. of the he's been a guest on this show before. Great fella. And, you know, I was kind of like genuflecting at his altar of a jillion downloads of parenting podcasts and saying, mate, I'm, you know, just, you know, you what you're doing is amazing. He goes, Yeah, but you guys, you're reaching people I can't get to. So I guess, you know. Here we are. All right. We're, the, we are, we're in the, the
0: niche, the niche dad podcast market. The niche dad
1: podcast <laughs> market. That's what, that's really, really what you want. How's your week been, Charlie?
0: Oh, it's been good. We talked a little while back about uh, Wolfie sort of, you know, you noticing this kind of way he sort of had a developmental leap and imagining a future for mm. himself and, and, and his language and stuff. And I think the same thing is sort of happening with Iona, which makes sense because, you know, there's a bit of a, a yeah. gap between the two of them.
1: Yeah, they, they don't do it gradually. It's like one day and then the next day it's like, oh, Christ, it's like you are you're a Nokia 3220 and now you're an iPhone 13, like yeah. overnight. And,
0: and, and it's a physical and mental as well. Like, I feel like mm. Iona's had both a growth spurt because suddenly her Clothes. None of their clothes fit anymore, and yeah, this is another yeah. thing. Like I always go on about, like how does someone be a single parent? If I had to be the dad buying the clothes, like Jem just knows where to get good clothes from, and there is a good variety of clothes. They're, they look cool. I mean, I mean, cool for a kid, but you know, cool for a, yeah, yeah, clothes yeah. in general. Like I am kept up at night. I'm like, fuck. Imagine if it fell on me <laughs> to be mm-hmm. the guy who had to. Look at the catalogue on Seed online and know when there's baby sales and stuff. So thank Christ that Gemma is around and that, you know, she has this fantastic what? wardrobe.
1: Oh, mate, I am walking through the Target toddler department without breaking step, just filling a bucket. Oh, really? And then grabbing some Lego and then boop, self-checkout. I'm gone in less than 10 minutes oh, if that's no. me.
0: No, no, no. Gemma, she's subscribed to a zillion different kind of like baby clothing websites. She knows when the sales are on. She'll get like a a special like rare jacket sent over from somewhere. So it's really like- Iona is the best dressed kid in town. Um, but I'll bet that's a moot point because none of those clothes fit anymore. Yeah. And she's also like mentally, like, I had a developmental leap. Like, her grasp of language is increasing exponentially. Her understanding yeah. of concepts, she is doing something that makes me laugh that Jem doesn't love so much, which is sarcasm. Which is it's just a little one, just a little bit of sarcasm where, because Jem will do that thing of like, um, so you're okay there? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm like, yes. What? <laughs> it's so funny. Just a little sarcastic. Yeah, I'm sure. So that's been what? coming out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's but it's it's good and bad, Osh. So, look, the good is there's a few things. She's a more confident swimmer. Uh, swimming lessons have started yeah. back up after a bit of a break. Iona's been a real kind of tentative, fearful swimmer. Some classes mm. were a nightmare. Where it was like getting trying to get a cat into a bathtub, just screaming and crying and wanting to go. I took her this week, and it was like a completely different kid. She was going under the water. She was swimming. Wow. She was floating on her back. She was doing starfish. She was doing monkey arms. It was just like it was. It was like that scene in The Matrix where Neo just finally puts it all together, and suddenly he can do kung fu with one arm, like Agent Smith is throwing all those punches. Like I'm like, shit, man! All that work we did in the previous two terms—it's it, it, come to roost. It was so. Awesome to see. She's got better coordination, like her running, her balance. That's all good. Incredible appetite. She's just polishing off like plates and plates of food. Like I said, communication skills, that's all great. But there's some bad stuff (laughs) with this developmental leap as well. So she's getting more common with these random flare-ups.
1: Well, like emotional flare-ups.
0: Yeah, emotional flare-ups. I guess you'd call them like terrible twos type tantrums, stuff like just blowing up over – nothing, you know, like dropped her off at daycare. She was sitting in a seat. um, Then she decided she wanted to sit on the floor. So She sat on the floor while I was packing her bags away. Another kid came and sat in the seat that she'd voluntarily given up. That became a huge fucking problem.
1: And you just said to the the daycare people there, and now this is not my problem. And that
0: that is still my guiltiest thing is when she is screaming and crying and saying, daddy, don't go. And I'm like, uh, sorry, babe, Osha Ginsberg's waiting for me. He's the host of The Master Singer. You know, he's important, big guy. i got to go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I
0: palm her off to the teacher. Yeah. But then she's also getting harder to settle. Like I cannot get her to go to sleep. I don't know if it's yeah. maybe because part of me thinks that maybe I should be cutting down nap times because she's still napping in the middle of the day. And we yeah. tried to get it down to like an hour instead of two hours. But maybe I'm thinking, yeah. oh, maybe she shouldn't be napping at all because – I'm getting her into bed, you know, around about 7 and sometimes not leaving there till 10 because she just yeah. won't settle. And then the final thing that I've noticed with this developmental leap is her awareness that the world is a scary place. Like she's All suddenly right. becoming aware of concepts like, you know, being abandoned, people being oh, yeah. hit by cars. <laughs> like That's something mm-hmm. that she's, I don't know mm. where it's come from, but she's constantly talking about being bumped by cars. Like you won't mm. let me get bumped by a car. Well, you won't let me get bumped by a car. Mm. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm like, no, no, no. Mm. So it's been an interesting few weeks just sort of seeing these two things balance out. Like on one hand, it's like, oh, this is amazing. She's getting more independent. But I guess with that independence comes independence of emotional reaction, you know, independence of deciding when I'm going to go to sleep, uh, independent investigation of the, the dangers of the world. Yeah.
1: Well, for, for a start, there was a, there was a point on this show where Wolfie being a little bit older than Iona, I, I would always say it's not a race, but I would secretly try to make sure that Wolfie was at least keeping up with your daughter. God. And look, <laughs> Iona is huh, in a different What's Wolfie state. reading there? War and Peace. Amazing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did I mention that he's uh, into Dostoevsky? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No.
1: Wolfie's swimming. We like- after COVID and, well, we still, you know, we haven't even gone back. So we can be in the pool and we can kind of fool around in the bath, but that's it. The Wolf's nowhere near what Iona's doing. Mm. Uh, as far as the the flare-ups and stuff, mate, absolutely. I can mm. 100% agree with that. The, leaving the daycare thing, all i got, I've just got to try to remember, like, I know you really want me to stay, but... I want you to live in a world where you are okay with me going away because you know I will come back. I I need you to be okay with this moment because you can't grow up not having this skill.
0: Well, Justin Coulson made a really great point a few weeks ago where he said that, Western culture is one of the few cultures where, you know, we've limited parenting to mum and dad. Whereas in other cultures, yeah. it's like mm. a village. It takes a village to raise a child, as the yeah, saying yeah. goes. And the best way to do that is to expose them to as many people as possible. Yeah. And that's a great thing to keep in mind. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And as far as bedtime, mate, our midday nap, oh, I don't know where it's gone. It may, <laughs> show, it may one day show up again. It, we try, but I don't think it's going to be there again for a while. And look, at nighttime. Wolfie's what does Audrey say? No one's got a longer to-do list than a toddler (laughs) when the lights go out. That's so right. That's so Oh no, 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 hang on. No, I've got to get the other No, I need the other bunny. I know it's in the other room downstairs, but that's we've got to go. And Uh, we've got to go now.
0: Like, mate, come on, buddy. It's like it's like I I imagine when Iona is doing a book report that she hasn't read, she's gonna be so well drilled for the amount of bloody padding she does at night. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, like, it's like, come on. It's like, oh, I'm hungry. I think I need a yogurt. Oh, I need that stuffed toy. over. That's like, kid, like, come on. I know exactly what's going on here in this direction. Yeah,
1: and similarly to the goodbye from daycare, it is the, you know, my behavior reinforces it. And so last night, for example, we'd, we'd just finished shooting this big show and, oh, my body's wrecked, dude. I'm hurting from left to right. It's a very physical gig. And we've been trying to order and I like, okay, we're not going to lie in bed Lie on the floor with him anymore. After five minutes, we get up and go, and we just let him kind of figure it out. We're going to try and get him back to where we were. And um, last night, I'm like, I just uh, I got up to go. And said, Are you leaving, Dad? I'm like, No, mate, I'm staying. I just didn't have it in me, Charlie. Yeah. I didn't have it in me. I'm. I, I, sh- I know I should have left and gone. It's like, okay, buddy. You'll be okay. You can read your books or whatever. But I'm like, I'm just going to lie here until you fall asleep. And it took him a while. It took about forty five minutes. And. And then I went downstairs and we were watching some really weird kind of supernatural thing that involves Satan and possession and kids singing all the same songs. It's super spooky. It's actually kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. So I've been watching the super spooky show downstairs, a couple episodes of the super spooky show where little kids are getting possessed and things. And I walk upstairs. And so I'm still in this kind of mindset of kids being possessed. <laughs> and I'm upstairs. I think I was just getting some snack or something. It was quite late. It's like maybe 10.45, nearly 11 p.m. I hear this noise. I'm like, the fuck is that noise? Did I accidentally bump my phone and turn the TV on with a controller in my phone? And is there a nature documentary? (laughs) Am I like, is there some sort of South American jungle monkey that's making (laughs) a noise here? And and it was almost like a, what the? Like, that's nothing in this house makes that. And there's no animals. We've got two dogs. Nobody makes that noise. And I turn, I come around the corner, Charlie, and there's little wolfie standing at his door, going, quack, quack, making this noise, and I hear him try to breathe. He's like, "Oh my god!" Quack. I was like, "Fucking hell!" And I just grabbed him, like, Audrey, and with the the thing in your voice that says, "I'm not fucking around," and like Audrey's like up the stairs like that. And thankfully, we still have a Ventolin. And so Audrey was bang. She was straight on the spacer. We were straight into the Ventolin. The research shows that steam isn't a treatment anymore. But we, we first I thought, fuck, he's got whooping cough. Because I had no idea what was noise. I'd never heard a cough like that. I was terrified. Mm. And I was like, has he been vaccinated against whooping cough? He has been vaccinated against whooping cough, but what the fuck is this? What's going on? So we get in the bathroom, Audrey just runs the hot tap, throws some eucalyptus in the bathtub, and I'm just holding him while he's trying to breathe. Oh my um, God. Yeah, mate, it was full on, but just holding him and just relaxing him down and cooling him down and chilling him out essentially because the room's getting full of steam. But later on, she's trying to get the doctor on the phone. One, three, sick, has been really, really great for us. Um, we ended up doing telehealth. This is at midnight by now. Mm. Audrey's on the phone. And we we spoke to a doctor and it turns out, like it's not whooping cough, it's probably croup. Um. So I read up on croup from the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne. They have a really, really good website, really good website with like really great info. And um, research no longer shows that steam has anything to do with treating croup. But i tell you what it did do, Charlie. It let Wolfie know... Something is happening to make you feel better, right? Okay, we put eucalyptus in the bath so it smelled different. And uh, Georgia was still up, so Georgia brought his little uh, night laser battery powered night light in. Um, you know, we read, sat in the bathroom, and I cuddled him, and we read about you know eight books. And as he calmed down, he was able to breathe more. It had, it, I felt it had more. The Ventolin probably really helped, but it also had a lot more to do with just him calming down. Mm, placebo effect, dude. My heart stopped when I heard him make that noise. Oh god, that'd be it awful. Was st- Oh so intense, dude! So intense. Yeah. But apparently, it's only like it comes on unexpectedly at night. Uh, usually at night, with no kind of pre-warning, no preamble. Maybe there's a runny nose beforehand, but he's in daycare. Like what kid doesn't yeah, have yeah. a runny nose? And it's usually only at night. And what's great on the website, the treatment is stay in there with him, right? Sleep in the room with him because that chills him right out and help keep him calm mm. and the more calm they are if they get that kind of tense breathing or whatever it can because it's an inflammation of the larynx right which is why it's it sounds so not the weird. lungs
0: it's the throat no
1: it's right. right up it's the voice box it's the voice box so that's why it sounds so weird
0: yeah and it's so strange and freakish it's a good thing you didn't just throw a bottle of holy water at him considering what you'd been watching <laughs> Ah uh, yes, old you know, We power. need an old priest and a young priest. That <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: the power of this magic water compels you. <laughs> well, it's the magic eucalyptus water. And today, look, he's fine as frog's here This morning, he's fine. But we were going to go have a you know a weekend away. But now it's just going to be me and him over the weekend. So, yeah. Audrey and G you're going to go away.
0: Oh man, that sounds full on. So stressful it too was. when you, when you don't know what's yeah. going, what, what exactly what it is. So scary because I've never heard it, never heard the sound. But
1: thankfully, you know, Audrey was right on it. I just held him. I just knew to fight because I felt him. As soon as I held him, he was like, I know I'm okay if you're holding me. And that made me feel like fuck, like a fucking god, you Mm know? (laughs) know, He could barely
0: breathe.
1: Um, Protector. Yeah, and then, you know, as he relaxed in the bathroom and, and, you know, as the steam kind of billowed around us, even though research shows it doesn't do anything, it just did did make him go, oh, okay, something's happening. People are working hard to make me feel better. But, yeah, and I guess, you know, the upside is that I've got three days where I don't have to worry about getting out of the bedroom. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Doctor's orders, buddy, you and me. And so the telehealth
0: nurse didn't suggest going to hospital? Like is is, is ventilators Uh, the last kind of resort?
1: Uh, well, they, I think the treatment is they put you on O2 if, um, oh, okay. but you need to look for things like if the skin between their ribs starts to suck in, it means that their, their diaphragm is really trying super hard, but they're too constricting their throat to get air in. Okay. So things like that, blue lips, that's the first thing I check for is his lips, blue, what's his fingers like? And he still had plenty of color in his face and plenty of color in his hands. So he wasn't in any kind of difficulty around breathing, but those are the things you really need to look for yeah. was, you know, any kind of blue lips because that means they're not getting enough air. Um, and if that was the case, mate, we, we would have been breaking land speed records yeah. <laughs> on the way to the hospital. There's no shadow of a doubt. But yeah, I think the therapy is they just get them on the O2 and then pop some uh, Ventolin and a nebulizer and off you pop. Um, um, but it's, it's a virus. There's nothing you can put in them. Right. You know, it's not an antibiotic situation. It's, uh, if, if the, I think the worst, uh, if it gets really bad, they might put some sort of steroid in there to to try to give them a bit of relief. I mean, I know it's um, uh, the steroids to treat but... his throat, but
0: I was going to say it would be amazing if Wolfie came out jacked. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it was it was terrifying for a day or two, but have you seen his pecs? They are pumped. <laughs> Mate, He's trapped. He's yoked, dude.
1: Check him out. It's like his <laughs> forearms. Oh, my God. He's been doing super uh, concentration. Girl. <laughs> Someone
0: get him a ticket mad. to stereosimic.
1: <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. This YouTube channel's got 15 million followers already. Man, let's get a monk's Um, uh, Yeah. So, so if you hear your kid making some sort of weird noise that sounds like it belongs in a, a nature documentary,
0: it might be croup. Oh, God. I'm glad he's okay. And look, I don't mean to like make light of it, but at least we have a great name for the episode. Andy, can we call this episode Croup? There it is. Oh, my God. Amazing. Croup. There it is. Cool. Yeah, there know, it right. is. And I'm just wondering if we can do a remix. Uh, probably. Ah, there it is.
1: <laughs> if you need to get in touch with us, it's super easy. You can find us askdadpod at gmail.com or also on dadpodgram. That's where you can ask us a question, tell us a story. And the following people have Charlie. This one is from uh let's call him Nigel. Not his actual name. Let's call him Nigel. Okay. Uh, tips on how to avoid the dad bod. I'm eating croissants daily because it works when using the baby carrier.
0: Yeah. Oh, mate, what are your thoughts here? Ah, look, I have not avoided the dad bod. I'm borderline uh, stretching into new pant territory. (laughs) <laughs> because oh wow, yeah. It's just been this year especially has been one of uh because it was very wet. Obviously, not a lot of activity, a lot of indoor time. But also, because is eating more, there's more leftovers. And I've we don't have a dog anymore. So I've turned into the dog. If there's like toast crusts or anything left over, it doesn't go in the bin, it goes into dad. So my strategy and my what I'm planning to do, because I work well with structure and goals, is a Gemini are <clears throat> planning a holiday. So I'm setting myself a goal and creating a meal plan based around that. Look, I think there's heaps of great online apps for if you want like an exercise program. I can't help you with self-control. That's on you. The croissants, all that kind of stuff. But if you are like me and you respond well to kind of like a plan and structure, there's heaps of great apps. There's the Fit app, which has like, you sign up for like, I think it's 50 bucks a year and they give you access to a bunch of different personal trainers who do diet plans and exercises and stuff you can do at home.
1: You don't even need equipment. Yeah.
0: Don't even need equipment. There's the CenterFit app, which is the Chris Hemsworth one, which I use predominantly for the meal plan because... Yeah, they've got a bunch of great meal plans in there, and it's and it's really easy to do. Where you can sort of plan like, you know, your family's entire week's meals, and it creates a shopping list, and it's very specific down to the amount of stuff you buy, so there's not a lot of wastage. So that would be my two uh, pronged attack: is like create yourself a meal plan for the week, which is like I'm cutting out snacks, like obviously croissants and sweets and all that kind of stuff. Don't eat after that. eight pm. That's a real <laughs> chap, and I'm saying this as a guy who last night ate two pieces of toast at midnight. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, as Osh uh, as I said earlier, do as I say, not as I do. But meal <laughs> plan and training program, and set yourself a goal. Like eight weeks is really achievable. So if you if you plan yeah. to work out four days a week, and it's hard with a baby, I understand. So maybe you do like two gym sessions and two home sessions. You know, you ask your partner to give you like half an hour, and there's some really great cross-training things you can do, like Osh says, without weights or any equipment at yeah. all. It's just like push-ups, sit-ups, jumping jacks, yeah. lunges, that kind of shit will get Mate, you fit in no hold time. Hold
1: horse stance for a minute and tell me how you feel. Yeah. All right? Like, really? <laughs> like, that, that's going to do – those my isometrics and uh, we'll do the job. Yeah. I, I guess my thoughts on that, Nigel, will be I'm – unlike Charlie, I'm uh, not only vegan but I'm also celiac, so I can't hoover le- leftovers. <laughs> I can't eat any of the wolfies' food. So I've found for me restriction has been a massive part of it but also has uh, forward planning as Charlie mentioned. So I've I just spent the last 3 months basically in a job where I need to be able to wear suits that were tailored for me in May to an inch of their lives because they've got to look really 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 tight on camera and really you know really great on camera. So I really can't go up or down in any size. So Basically I were it's super easy for me. I, I've done the whole thing where I've gone down to weigh my olive oil, mate. Now I just like on shooting days, I'll eat uh, from lunch onwards. On non shooting days, I just eat dinner. And that's it. And that's that works for me. I find fasting really, really easy. Uh, as long as there's enough water and a bit of coffee in the morning to you know open the pipes up oh. everything's fine <laughs> there's a great there's um, a
0: great app for that too because I was looking into fasting as well there's a really great app and this is we're not getting played by them at all it's called body fast it's it's a little green yeah. icon with a white circle it is the yeah. easiest fasting app you'll ever find it like it, it's got timers attached to it you yeah. you ease yourself into it and it's a really great introduction to fasting so yeah
1: yeah, because for me, it's super, rather than go, oh, I'm at the bakery, I'm walking past the bakery, there's a croissant, oh, I'm trying not to eat croissants, I think I'll just get the Anzac biscuit, oh, there's too much sugar in the Anzac biscuit, I'll just have half, I'll buy the full Anzac biscuit, but just eat half of it, look, we both know we're going to eat the whole fucking thing, <laughs> so I just take all that off the table, I'll be like, it's fine, I'm not eating until after Wolfie gets to bed. That's it. That's when I'll eat. And then I eat whatever I want. And then I'm full. I'm like, oh, great. And I go to bed on a full tummy and I'm fine. And I have all the calories I need for the day because it's the super, th- you know, really important thing. My buddy Ruben is a scientist who read a book about it. He said you can't out-exercise a bad diet. Yeah. And what does he say? It's very easy to out-eat your exercise, but it's very hard to out-exercise your eating. Mm. So if you eat right, you probably don't need to get to the gym at all because it's all about what you get, what you put in.
0: Yeah. And if, if you're anything like me, like I'm an all or nothing guy, like it's either all yeah. on or it's all off. Just mm-hmm. experiment with an all off period. <laughs> I just do two yeah. weeks where you say, okay, yeah. no treats, no croissants, no nothing, yeah. um, no alcohol. And just see how you go yeah. through that period. Because what I find with the all off period is that I think I'm going to hate it. I'm not going to be able to do it. But after three days, you're like, oh, I actually feel fine. Yeah. I don't miss it at all. Like your body yeah. forgets very quickly that it doesn't need sugar.
1: No, it was for me. It was like it was like with alcohol. It was like oh, I'm going to have only this or only that. It's like no. Nah, if you only make one decision, which is I'm not going to have it at all, you save four hundred decisions of oh, am I going to I'm going to have okay, just one piece of chocolate. Not five. Oh, now want two. You know, and then you kind of shout at yourself because you didn't do what you wanted to do. Yeah, it's but too if you hard. just go no, it's on or off. It's Super easy. Much But easier. that's, you know, do what works for you. Thanks so much for getting in touch with us, DadPodGram on Instagram or AskDadPod at gmail.com. Charlie, our expert, uh, whom we've had on the show before, Dr. Sarah Verdon Piedmont. Uh, she's a speech pathologist. She's an early childhood researcher. She's the host of the Talking Children podcast. We're going to get it back on the show. And um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what, in what ways she can uh, right our wrongs today. Charlie, I'm so happy to have our guest on today, Associate Professor Sarah Verdon Petermont. She is a speech pathologist, and early childhood researcher. She's got a Facebook group called Talking Children Podcast, and she's also on Instagram, talking.children.podcast. She's the head of speech pathology, head of speech pathology at Charleston <laughs> University and the co-chair of the International Expert Panel of Multilingual Children's Speech. She got two kids like you and me. She is wearing track pants, doing a podcast. Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining us on DadPod. Oh,
2: thanks for having me back and thanks for telling everyone I'm wearing Trekkies. F- and you
0: also uh, forgot the the most essential qualification. She's apparently a Collingwood supporter, which we're not going to oh. hold against you, Sarah. How we do we will, you know that? We'll ignore that for the time being. I'm just I'm feeling the blood rising you from the 2010 grand final disaster. Oh, you're not
2: a saint supporter. I am a saint
0: supporter. My husband
2: is a saint supporter. Oh, how and does this marriage my- work? That's like- I would say the greatest moment of my life is that Heath Shaw's mother on Nick oh, Reebok, God, that gives me nightmares. possibly better than my wedding day, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, so I
0: think I might have to check out of the podcast. I'm going. <laughs> Mate, I grew up in Queensland where we didn't have an AFL team.
1: And then when we did, they called it the Brisbane Bears where they put on the Gold Coast, which was at the time two hours away. So if you're not talking about rugby league, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but I understand that you take it very seriously and that's
2: fine.
1: <laughs> Uh, look I'm so grateful that you came back on the show it was so good to hear you last time and if you really check out the fr- previous episode we did with Sarah because you really you talked about you know stages of development what to expect like you know when your kids should be walking or, or crawling or starting to go to the toilet by themselves similarly there's milestones
0: in speech so great to have you back on the show um Iona my daughter in the last two weeks there's been a complete developmental leap like not only physically she looks like uh, a different kid her coordination is completely different she's she went from being scared of swimming lessons to now swimming like a fish, and this has all happened in the space of like two weeks, but also her grasp of language and not just like language but concepts. I was saying to Osh, uh, she's been cracking me up because she's been using sarcasm, uh, particularly when her mum's around, <laughs> like not in the kind of mean-spirited kind of way, but, you know, her mum is sort of checking that she's okay and she'll be like, yes, mum, I'm okay, and <laughs> use like the, the sarcastic voice and stuff. I want to know because it feels like now she's – getting more sophisticated in her understanding of language. When do you start changing the way you talk to your kid? Like, you know, obviously you are speaking in far more simple, plain terms when they're younger so they can understand concepts, but I feel like she has an appetite now to learn more and understand more. Mm,
2: Absolutely. So starting with the baby talk, it really does have its place. And there's a lot of research that shows how important it is to talk to your babies from birth. And so they say that babies first start to have their real first social communication around four weeks so their first cries that aren't saying I'm hungry I need you to change my nappy around four weeks and I noticed um, I was reading a paper about this when my baby was about nine weeks and I started kind of experimenting with her and every time she made a little sound I would respond to her as if I was just having a yarn with a friend and she would respond back and I really noticed and so I just started deep diving into it and they found that parents who do that in the first year that sort of serve and return which we'll talk about a little bit later where you return the initiation of your child they actually studied them longitudinally and they found that these kids have better receptive and expressive language into two and three years old and into the long term so I think one thing that we're really noticing now is how important that first year of life is and I remember getting a lot of comments about that when I was a parent about how much I talked to my baby, mostly I guess because I'm a speech pathologist, but my nan who my mum was a twin, my nan said, you know, when we, I had the babies, they just sat in the bassinet for the 12, first 12 months. Mm. I never spoke to them. I fed them, I changed their nappy and I laid them back down in the bassinet. And so our parenting style has really changed. You know, and now you think what your children were able to do by the age of one, they were probably saying their first words, they were probably crawling, all sorts of things because of the amount of initiation and interaction that you were doing with them. But you're right, when they get to that sort of language explosion stage and even before that, it's important to start modelling what real talking sounds like to Mm. them because the more that they hear and the more that they get modelled the better they're going to be able to replicate that because you can't use language that you've never heard before regardless of what language it is. You know, if you're trying to learn Spanish, you probably know if you've ever tried to learn a foreign language. If you're not immersed in people speaking that language, it's really, really hard to learn it. So the more that people use language and you hear that modelling of how phrases are meant to sound or how sarcasm is meant to sound, all those kinds of things, they pick it up. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes they pick it up too well and they start saying things back that you don't want them to say back. Yeah. But yes, I actually talk to my kids as if they're a friend that I'm having a conversation with. And I use sophisticated language and, you know, give them that sort of opportunity to have a real conversation with me. Uh,
0: are there tips that you would use in terms of, because obviously you don't want to inhibit or make them self-conscious. So if they're using a phrase incorrectly or or they're struggling to kind of articulate something, what is your advice in terms of to encourage them without sort of Mm. like shutting them down or finishing a sentence for them or, or, you know, making them feel insecure about the language they're using?
2: That's a really good question. So I never correct a child. I just reframe it and we call it recasting and modelling. So say your child was trying to say, "Mm, my skipped in the garden... I would say, oh, you did skip in the garden. So instead of saying, no, we don't say my, we say I, (laughs) we don't say skip, we say skipped. You just recast it in the way that they are meant to hear it. And the more that they hear that good model, you know, their brains will go, oh, that's how you're meant to say it. And they will pick up on that.
1: Yeah. So it's not a, it's not a correcting. It's like when, and, and please and thank you is the perfect example. So it's like, I need some water can I have some water please, dad? Sure. Here you go. It's the here's the language that you say at this yes. point, And then here's the thing you asked me for rather That's than right. forcing them to say it before they give it to you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just continuously modeling. They will get to an age where they probably are just being rude and not saying it. But when <laughs> you know, we give kids the benefit of the doubt that they don't know what they're meant to be saying and we just provide them with that model. And They sometimes need to hear it 20 times before they can make it part of their own language schema and start repeating it.
1: The tricky thing here sometimes though, Sarah, is other people in their lives, whether it be grandparents or uncles and aunties and stuff like that, who do use that baby talking and mm. do speak, uh, and I'm I'm someone I know I'm totally on board with you. Like both my parents spoke to all of us. I'm one of four boys. Spoke to all of us as if we were adults from the moment we were born. And yeah. so we're five. We I remember being five years old, just freaking people out at dinner parties, going, hmm, "Why would you say something like that? That doesn't make sense," you know. And you know, because I've been given that language, and I've been, you know, in the b- words b- of Oscar
0: Wilde, I believe that, <laughs> yeah,
1: yes. but that's how we were always spoken to, and it just freaked people out that they would be challenged with logic and you know by by a Tiny little child, but what about you? Get a you know when you get a parent or a grandparent, like like a visitor or someone who's their uh, family member that you don't you're glad is coming to visit because you want to have them around. But when they go, do you want me to get the big knife for you? You know, and you're like, mm, you just can you get me the knife, mate? You know, you know how do you? What's the best way to manage that relationship? Not the one with the kid, the one with the, the other mm. person.
2: Look, it's difficult because it's so difficult managing different parenting styles and different opinions and everybody Mm -hmm. has their own way of doing things. And I always think, you know, pick your battle. If there's someone who comes to visit once a month, it's probably not going to impact your child's talking very negatively. But. Sometimes I'll just say, oh, we're just trying to talk to him like in the same way as we talk to an adult so that he can learn how to use language in the way that he'll need to use it when he grows up. So you can say things in sort of a non-offensive way rather than saying, don't use that baby talk with my son (laughs) kind of thing. On that that
0: point, Osh, like I think because that happens with Iona as well, but I noticed that Iona, she can compartmentalise. She knows when someone's talking like that, it's almost like watching a cartoon where they're Uh talking. She knows it's. Play acting, like, you know, her granddad every morning will get up and make funny noises and talk to – and baby talk to her. But that's entertaining for her. She watches it and it's like Humphrey B. Bear or Fat Cat or something like that. I don't think she's – watching it and going, oh, that is how I communicate. Like she knows that he's because do- that's a lot of what people are doing with baby talk really is they're trying to get a reaction from the child. Oh, you look cute. Yeah, they're trying oh, to connect. You know, They're trying to get some kind um, of like, I mean, that's my reading of it anyway. I mean, I, I my problem, Sarah, is that I find some of Iona's like baby talk or her, you know, mispronunciations adorable. And mm-hmm. so I will repeat them back because I think it's so cute. Am I doing permanent damage to her by like, you know,
2: Look, I'd love to scold you for that, but I'll say I'm guilty of doing it too. Um, I have a little niece called Cleo and my daughter called her Kilo because she has difficulty with the clusters where there's two yeah. consonants together. So she just put a vowel in there and now it's just stuck and everyone calls her Kilo. And we, we my sisters and I were saying the other day, we probably need to like tell her her name's not Kilo <laughs> at some point. <laughs> So yeah, I could see that that happens in families, and it's hard to get out of that habit because then it just becomes a pet name, kind of.
0: Yeah, and then it becomes a stage name. My, I'm good mates with the actor Ditch Davy, whose real name is Christian, but his little brother couldn't say Christian, and so Christian became Ditch, and Ditch became his stage name. So So I can work. I can work professionally. (laughs) (laughs)
2: true
1: right. <laughs> you, you never know runa may become a star oh, yeah
2: and thank She's you for it had. yeah <laughs> that's right
1: yeah mate no, uh, we had a, a long lines of voice boxes i was telling charlie earlier we had a, a a big scare last night with wolfie's first ever bout of croup my first ever bout of croup like i'd never heard that sound before and i think that's that's the thing there was you know a seeing a little my little son struggling for breath was terrifying, but also mm. hearing a noise come out of him that I was not aware that he was able to make. You know, because yeah. uh, from what I understand, croup is an inflammation of the of the voice box, and so therefore, when he was coughing, it sounded completely different, like any other cough he's ever 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 made. And his his uh, breathing restriction was so intense, and his his voice started going like this, and so he couldn't actually talk properly and it just freaked me out so much but as wolfie's breathing got more relaxed he got more relaxed and we've been using breathing techniques as a way to downregulate him a bit so uh-huh. sometimes for example when we would click his bike helmet on i think the first time i got the size of it wrong and i accidentally pinched his skin a bit and so the next time it came on he would go <laughs> and he was like elevating himself and so we started doing <sighs> and I click as on the exhale, and now he does it by himself. So what are some, in your work, are there kind of down-regulating or breathing things that you bring into, you know, Mm. what it is, particularly with kids who might be nervous like stutterers and things like that?
2: Totally. So it's something that we use quite commonly with autistic kids because anxiety is a huge part of autism. And so using those regulations, meditation has been found to have such amazing impacts on the brain, especially for children. So we do use a lot of those self-regulation techniques. So using... um, podcasts or just audio tracks that can help kids to sort of calm down can be really helpful and just even making children aware of their breath because it's something that we do automatically. Sometimes we don't realize that we can control it. So just bringing children into connection with their breath and being aware that that's something that you can control and regulate can be really helpful for them. And also I found with my son, it's something that we do around sleep time because he gets quite a bit of anxiety around going to sleep. So thinking about your breathing and doing some of that calm breathing can really help around sleep time as well.
0: I need to use some of that Oh, yeah. Can you,
1: talk us, can you talk us through what that looks like?
2: <laughs> <laughs> For your own personal benefit. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, so I think the guided meditations are really helpful because they actually tell. So you can get ones. I don't know if any of you have the Calm app, Yes. But um, Thomas the Tank Engine ones that are on ah. the car map. And so he talks about getting stressed and then he has a friend that comes on and they count the breaths together of how to, go in and come out and so that's one that I've used a lot with my son to sort of help him become aware of his breath and you know how quick his breath is moving it's also really good in making children aware of their mental health from an early age Mm. which is something that we never did and I know is a real interest of yours but it's just helping kids to be aware that you know when we get stressed, our breathing changes and that can make it really hard for us to breathe and that can make us feel even more stressed because then we can't get breath and it can be hard to talk and all these kinds of things. So teaching those strategies has no end of benefit because for a croup situation, it can help. For an anxiety situation, it can help. For a difficulty sleeping situation, it can help uh, for all sorts of situations. Having some resources at your disposal that you can use to calm yourself and recenter yourself are so helpful.
1: That's so great to hear. Thank you so much. Like, I'm I'm thrilled to hear you say that. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. If you want to get more about what Associate Professor Sarah is talking about, Talking Children Podcast is the group on Facebook. She's also on Instagram, talking.children.podcast. And uh, you can also check out SVP Speech Pathology, which is uh, where she is. Thank you so
0: much for taking the time to speak with us today.
2: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Osh, so great to have Associate Professor Sarah Verden petermont back on the show. And I have learned something, and it's good. I think when uh, you are watching your child's language develop, don't correct, remodel. Rather than say, hey, that's not how you say it. We use manners around here. <laughs> we just repeat the same. Well, you know, like our dads have probably didn't even talk to us at all. Just like put their pipes no. out on top of our heads. <laughs> Pretty much. Empty the tobacco on top of your head. You give you a slap on the backside. No, you just remodel it. So say the sentence back with the correct grammar. I think that is the perfect way to teach your kid how to speak correctly.
1: And that meditation is not just for old people. That oh, yeah. We can actually do guided meditation for little kids before bedtime, which I'm 100% going to try with Wolfie to see if we can't break this cycle Me of too. endless shopping list yeah, at let's... night when the light goes out. But, Dad, I need to get the thing. It's downstairs. It's behind the second drawer. under that. I've got to go get it right now. Otherwise, I can't go to bed. Let's no, see if buddy. I
0: can get bedtime under three hours. That would be – that's my dream. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, ask dadpod at gmail.com or also online on Instagram, dadpodgram. If you like the show, if it's useful for you, the very best thing I can do for us to say thank you is to share it with someone a dad, a mum dad, your sister, your brother, your own dad, your daughter, your husband, your wife, whoever. Just share this podcast and it'll be, make the world a difference to us. Uh, until we speak next time,
0: don't touch that.